0: Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee and welcome to episode 95 of the Benzo Free Podcast, and even more so Welcome to a brand new year. You know, just chock full of possibilities. Happy New Year, everyone. It's gonna be a good year. I just know it is. I'm coming to you from Kansas City, actually. (laughs) I know I thought I'd be back in Colorado by now, but things have changed here. I'm just in the daily care of taking care of my dad. And um, we needed to stay a little bit longer. And that means I am making the best of our Kansas City um, apartment. We have a little bit apartment here in Kansas City we picked up end of last year to help um, take care of my folks and there's a lot of noise in small apartments <laughs> and especially in and around this one. Also it's hard to find the right place to record. I'm actually sitting cross-legged in a our bedroom closet <laughs> with a, a box and a, a microphone on top of it and um, hopefully it's coming through clear Well, I won't know until I do the post on this, but I'm hoping that um, the quality is okay. I apologize if it's not, or for any external noises we may have. Also, I'm reading from paper strips again, so my my script pages, so if you hear papers fluttering in the background, that's me just changing the page here. I have to admit, I can't say I'm sorry to leave 2021 behind. Um, I'm sure many of you feel feel similar. It's been a long, long year for many of us. You know, so much has happened. COVID resurgence, uh, it's come back and now it's come back again. It doesn't appear to be going away anytime soon. Natural disasters don't seem to be slowing down. And people are still getting more angry and divisive and frustrated and disappointed. It's been a long year. On the home front for me, as many of you know, 2021 was full of taking care of my parents, getting them into facilities, the loss of my mom, and just trying to manage their finances and care. That took up a pretty good chunk of the year. So um, I can't say I'm sad to see 2021 in the rearview mirror. And the other morning, um, back on actually a couple weeks ago, on, or a week ago, I don't know what time it is anymore, <laughs> but I think it was on Thursday, the the 30th of December, so just Getting towards the end, I thought, you know, the year is behind us. Thank God um, we made it and no more tragedies hit. And I got to learn not to think that way because I was wrong. As you may have heard, uh, the last week of December, fires tore through Boulder County in Colorado and um, fueled on by 150 mile an hour winds and destroyed over a thousand homes. This is our backyard in Colorado. We have several friends who lost their homes. We spent a lot of time in Superior and Louisville, the two towns where had the most devastation. And um, it hit us pretty hard. Thankfully, our house was not affected. We were still far enough east from the fires and didn't quite make it to our home. But we used to live in Superior. We lived there for eight years. And that was one of the neighbors neighborhood's most affected. So it, it hit us hard. But you know, my wife shared a meme with me the other morning, and it really, it made me switch my thinking. And I thought it was an excellent reminder to kick off 2022. It was a cartoon, basically, of two kind of general characters. And talking to each other. One one was down in the soil, tilling the soil for a garden or something. And the other one was standing, looking at that character and talking to it. And the character standing said, aren't you terrified of what 2022 could be like? Everything is so messed up. And the other replies, I think it will bring flowers. Flowers? Why flowers? Because... I am planting flowers. I thought that was a good message. I really did. Deep down, despite our human predications towards pessimism, I think we all know that life is what we make of it. 2022 is what we make of it. So let's make it the best we can. You know, 2021 was a year of introspection for me and I spent a lot of my time driving back and forth between Colorado and Kansas, thinking about what I'm doing, where this podcast is going, where I'm going, what's my future have in in store for me, and where should be my next step? And I figured a few things out, although I realize one of the key lessons I learned last year was (laughs) stop making plans because they continually wind up being thwarted, but Still, we we have to make plans and we have to keep moving forward, even if if things change constantly as we do so. So I'm starting off the new year strong, energetic, and optimistic. And I wanted to share some of that optimism with you and kick the 2022 off on a good foot. Uh, Let me talk about the podcast a little bit. First off, we're back. (laughs) I'm here talking to you now, and that's, I think, pretty cool. It's great to be back on this podcast. I know it's been probably a month and a half since I talked to you. So apologize for the delay, but we're back here. It's 2022, a new year and everything is going to be better. I, in fact, I've already set up one interview. I've already in the plans of making a round table event. So just in the next few months, we have several events I'm planning. So, you know, we're ramping this up and we're trying to get this kicked off. Right. So as for the podcast schedule. I'm still going to keep our regular podcast to once a month. Um, That's our scheduled podcast, but other special events I hope to put in between here and there, and that would be live events, roundtables, interviews, that kind of stuff. So I also have to balance out um, the podcast, of course, and everything I'm doing with Easing Anxiety and Benzo Free with the advocacy work. It also takes up a lot of time. I'm still the co-chair at the Benzodiazepine Action Work Group here in Colorado, and we're making a lot of progress. In fact, Next month, four of us, and and maybe some others too, will be starting training as peer recovery coaches. And this is to learn the basics of peer coaching for those who deal, to help support those who deal with addiction and dependence of all types. Once that training is complete in February, we will start developing a benzo focused program for peer support coaches. We're creating this class to help hopefully reach out to people so they will understand hey, Benzos are different and need to be handled differently. We're also working on some prescriber education. Dr. Alexis Ridvo, uh, my co-chair at the work group, is heading that up and doing some great work, reaching out to the doctors, creating programs and classes and, and seminars and lunches you know, for the doctors so that we can help to educate them. Also, we're developing a Speakers Bureau. That'll be coming out this much, and that's a list of speakers who are able to talk on benzos. That's growing already, and we got some really good people on there. And then also we're working on special events, hopefully going to do a live event here um, coming up soon. I know the Alliance is working up for for fall. We might even be putting together with some of our partners uh, an annual conference, and we're looking to get that kicked off maybe later this year and start an annual conference on benzodiazepines, a place for us to gather. Alliance was involved with TIBS, which was the International Benzodiazepine Symposium several years back. That was a great kickoff, but it hasn't been followed up. And now I think the alliance is looking to follow that up. We're looking to team up with them to work with it. There's just a lot going on and a lot of a lot of progress for us to make. So it's really it's really exciting, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. One of the other changes for the podcast is um, getting back to you. In fact, I think that might be the slogan for this: is getting back to you. With my mom's passing and my dad's failing health. And all the advocacy and other things that have been going on this past year, I, I feel I may have lost sight of that a bit with the podcast. But overall, I really want to focus more on you and your experience and your stories and your questions and your comments and less on me. Because that's truly what this podcast has been about from the start, even though I sometimes let it focus more on me for a while. I don't mean to do that. I'm gonna still share, you know, stories that I have and struggles on my own, of course, but I also want to focus on what you're doing. So, on that note, um, how you doing? You know, perhaps you're answering me right now, and if you are, I love that. Um, just talk right back to your phone or or mobile device or radio in the car, wherever you are listening to me. It's okay. I have to admit, I've been struggling as I know so many of you have been. You know, I'm not even sure what is a symptom or what isn't some of the time and, and I know we all go through that sometimes. You know, I received an email from a listener a few weeks ago that was, um, I don't know, I guess the best word is accusatory maybe. This, this person was saying that I didn't understand what he was going through and that um, I needed to provide more care and thought in my responses when I responded to emails. And and I'm sharing that with you because I think he might have had a point. I, I realize that my benzo story is not the most difficult experience with benzos out there, not by any means, nor do I ever intend to presume that I had a worse experience than anybody else or that most people. My experience was not the easiest, but it also wasn't the hardest. And I know that because I've worked with so many of you. I'm still in protracted withdrawal, and I have been for seven years now, and that alone puts me in the upper echelon of recovery because many people, in fact, more than half the people, as we understand, don't have much symptoms or have any severity of symptoms, and it usually is over much quicker. So the fact that I'm in protracted withdrawal already puts me in that second category. I also updosed during my withdrawal. I took a fluoroquinolone antibiotic, which probably gave me some neuropathy and complicated my withdrawal. And I was on clonazepam, which appears to have a higher incidence of protracted withdrawal, and I made other mistakes too. And a lot of those things led to my current state, and I have to understand that. But I also want to mention to everybody, and this feeds back to this person's comment, that I had a lot going on for me, and I was incredibly blessed during my withdrawal. First of all, I was on only one drug, clonazepam. I took it for 12 years, but I wasn't polydrugged. I didn't have those complications of multiple psych meds, not knowing what's causing water, which one I should withdraw from, or all the things that go with that. I can't imagine that. And I I know because I work with many of you who have that struggle. I also didn't reinstate i didn't come off the drug and then go back on it at least i haven't yet fingers crossed i will keep that i've been pretty good at that but that can also cause so many problems I, i wasn't forced to cold to um stop cold turkey as so many people are and i know that can really affect things i had a doctor to work with me even though he didn't believe i needed to withdraw and overall i had a support system not just medical but of course also at home and that is huge i am blessed for that i had a wife who was my rock and my angel and i can't say enough about her i had a family who supported me and understood to some degree although not completely but to some degree what i was going through i had a lot of love and that is a gift an amazing gift especially during such a difficult time I realize so many of you don't have that support system going through benzo withdrawal. And I truly, my heart does break for you. Every time I correspond with somebody that is in that situation, um, I, I feel that. I do feel that because I can't imagine what that would have been like to go through what I went through alone. So, you know, also I had a good work ethic. I believe in... I'm not one who can sit around and just do nothing. I have to keep moving. And that kept me focused on learning about this and exercising and taking yoga and doing things. And I had a good education so I could read studies and I could do other stuff that helped me understand what I was going through. These are also blessings that I had and I was lucky to have them. (sighs) What I'm trying to say is that I completely understand that my Benzo story is not the worst one out there, not by a long shot. And I never, ever presumed to say that on this podcast, but it's enough. At least I hope it's enough that by sharing what I have gone through, it helps connect with many of you and what you're going through. Maybe I can understand your case a little bit better. Sometimes yours situation is a little easier than mine and many times It might be harder than mine, but at least I've been there and I can speak from experience, especially since I still have some symptoms and I'm still going through it. I can relate and I hope that helps. It's 2022 and let's do something about that, okay? You know, let's get back on, I think I just went a little dark there for a minute. (laughs) Let's get back on this optimism wagon and, um... Kick the, kick the um. Well, I'm trying not to be cruel about. It. I do not I to not say kick the horses in the butt because I don't. I don't want, believe in kicking horses. Um, <laughs> how about let's let's throw some th- um, some fuel on the turbo drive and kick the engine into gear. We're just gonna make something up here. <laughs> I don't want to be cruel. Today, um, we have a basic format. Introduction is what I just finished, even though it might have gone on for a very long time. And then we're gonna do as our feature the top five Benzo questions. These are the top five most frequently asked questions I usually get at the podcast. And we will close out with our moment of peace. Yes, we're back with our moment of peace again. I hope you enjoy it. And before we move on, don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. Comment on our videos on YouTube, on our podcast posts on the website, or on our podcast carriers via our feedback form at easyanxiety.com feedback. And while you're on our website, Please subscribe to our mailing list and even donate to support the work we do. Um, every little bit helps, and tr- trust me, that's that helps to keep us going. And remember, the Benzo-Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. And on to our feature. Our feature is the top five Benzo questions. These are questions that I most frequently receive from you, the listener. And I went ahead and went through a bunch of our questions and history of questions, and I found that overall, these five are probably the most commonly asked or referred to. Now, some of them come in different formats, so the way I ask them might be different for each one, but um, overall, these are the five specific, you know, types of questions that I receive. We're going to start with five and work our way down to one, and hopefully provide some kind of answers, even though there's not always clear answers. But... I'll do my best to provide answers to them so let's get started. Number 5. Can I sue? <laughs> can I sue my doctor? Can I sue the pharmaceutical industry? How do I get retribution? How do I get payback even though that's not the right word but you know what I'm saying. It's basically the question is how can I let people know what they did to me and help them understand? how hard this has been? This is a great question. I do get it quite frequently. It's basically, I think we all have that tendency, that desire to want to get back at those who did this to us of some kind, just because it's only fair. It's, we call it justice, I think, in our society. We want justice for what happened to us. That's probably the best way. So let me, let me address a couple different sections of this. Um, first of all, lawsuits. Can you sue? Absolutely. You can sue. You can try to sue. First, got to find a lawyer to take the case. And once you do, then you have to understand um, your odds. And I hate to tell you, the odds of succeeding at a benzodiazepine case are pretty slim. Some have won. Um, Lord Montague and in the UK, um, I think Nimmo got some. Some other people, especially in the UK, have won some. Um, benzodiazepine lawsuits, and there's more out there. But many, many, many others have tried or gotten close. Many haven't even gotten to court because it's very difficult to prove. You almost have to have the perfect benzo case to be able to prove. This is any other outlying conditions that feed to your condition. It makes it very hard to prove that you've had a pro- you've had. An issue with benzos and that something your doctor did or something the pharmaceutical company did was either negligent or intentionally um, was meant to harm when there was intention these things are legal terms that I don't know anything about and I do want to state that I'm not a lawyer so none of this is medical is is legal advice or medical advice um, I'm just going off of what I've read but I just want to make sure everybody knows it can be difficult to prove also You are going to stay in it. If you decide to sue, moving past or moving through or coming to acceptance of your condition of what happened to you becomes a lot more complicated and a lot more drawn out. Just keep in mind that if you decide to sue, we're talking about depositions, we're talking about trials, we're talking about um, meetings with legal teams, all this you're going to be continually rehashing what happened to you. And that can lead to more anger, that can lead to more frustration, and often doesn't help with the process of moving through and moving past through with your withdrawal. So just a couple things to keep in mind. But all that being said, do you have the right to be angry and frustrated? Absolutely. Oh my God, for what has happened to us? Yes, we definitely have that. And I have been there too. And I have wanted retribution at times for what has happened to me. The question I'm asking is what is the best thing for you and your recovery? And that's something you need to think about to figure out. If you want to sue, go out there, try to do it. Good luck to you. Let me know how it goes. If you decide to take a different path and just try to heal and get past this and maybe help out others who are in the similar case like I have, or just move on and get back with your life the way it is, I support that too. One of the things with all this that's going on is that anger, that anger we feel, that sense of betrayal that we feel from doctors, from pharmaceutical companies, from counselors, from psychiatrists, from whoever was involved in us taking these drugs for so long without any warning. That anger, like I said, is justified and it's real and it makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, anger rarely is a friend to healing. And so at some point, we need to find a way to move past that. And again, I am, I am not going to at all presume to say you need to ignore those feelings because you don't. We need to process all feelings, including anger, frustration, even hate. You need to process that, experience it, feel what it feels like. But at some point, you also need to let it pass and not continue to cling to it. And that's why I think as humans, we often get caught is that we may process it, but we may not be willing to let go and let it go on so that the healing can continue. So just be careful, try to find your best path through this. That's the best for you in the long run. That's going to help you get through this in the long Anyway, that's my, those are my words. Take it or leave it. I, I think we all will have our own path. You're going to have your own path to follow, and I wish you well. Whatever that path may be, I wish you well. Number four, is this symptom part of withdrawal? Very frequent question. Get this all the time, and it can be any symptom. Is this leg pain part of withdrawal? Is this muscle ache part of withdrawal? Is this jitteriness part of withdrawal? Is my crazy, crazy, crazy anxiety part of withdrawal? Is my anger part of withdrawal? Is this headache part of withdrawal? Is my migraine part of withdrawal? Is my twitching part of withdrawal? Is my We go on and on and on and on and on because there are so many symptoms that we can experience in benzo withdrawal. In the end, most of the time, the answer is yes, it can be from benzo withdrawal. Here's the process I do. Take it or leave it, but this is the process I do. When I was in benzo withdrawal and still am, and this is what I go through. I go through, I think, a three or four step process. I'll figure out the numbers as I go through this of how many I have. <laughs> Number one, I first try to figure out the severity of the symptom. If this is a very mild symptom and one that doesn't necessarily be a... um a sign of something that could be serious so if it's just a mild symptom then can i live with it can i ignore it and can i let it go away on its own step two let's say it's not let's say it is severe it's irritating enough or it could be the sign of something more severe number two get it checked out that's one of the key reasons i think having a doctor to work with you through benzo withdrawal is so important because you're gonna have a lot of questions about your symptoms and many times, especially with your increased anxiety, increased fear, you're going to wanna to go get those checked out. And it's good to have a doctor that at least knows what you're going through and understands a little bit of what you're going through to go and say, hey, I need this. I've gone to my nurse practitioner that I go to regularly five or six times and had EKGs done. And the last few times I went in, I said, look, you know me, I'm here, I just want my heart checked. And she goes, okay, it was old hat. She understood. She ran the EKG just to make sure. It calmed me down. I went beyond. And now most of the time I know that those that specific type of chest pain that I get is not related to my heart. And I feel more comfortable and I can work through it. But it was important for me to get that checked out, even repeatedly when I wasn't sure. You don't mess around with certain things like that. So if at all you think it's anything more serious, or if at all it's something that's too difficult, please go ahead and get it checked up by your doctor. Once you do that, and let's say that the doctor says cannot find any underlying cause for it, now we are left with the next step, step three, which is acceptance. Understand that this is probably part of benzo withdrawal, not 100%. We never know for 100%. There's a lot of things that can cause... you know, body ailments, pains, aches, tremors, all kinds of stuff. But most likely this symptom is probably part of benzo withdrawal. Then it's a point of acceptance, learning to understand it, maybe finding a way to mitigate it or ease it if you can, but also learning to live with it. And a lot of times letting go of that anxiety, that fear that it might be something serious helps to ease the severity of the symptom and the symptom eventually just goes away on its own and i found that happened a lot during my withdrawal number three and this goes back to our symptoms but it goes back to the condition overall and that is is this permanent will i ever return to normal again how long will this last first of all I cannot tell anybody how long this will last. This is an incredibly individual process. There are some people who have zero symptoms. It's much like COVID. Some people have no symptoms. Some people, unfortunately, wind up in the hospital on a respirator. Well, benzo withdrawal is similar in that regard. Some people wind up with nothing or very minor, or are done with it in a few weeks. Others, like myself and some others, We're several years out and still experiencing complications from this experience. It varies greatly. So I can't tell you how long this will last for you. As for is it permanent, the truth is we don't know. We really don't know. I have to be honest here. But most of the studies and most of the signs we've seen have pointed to healing and have pointed to complete healing over time even if that time frame may be many years. I know people who have finally said they have fully healed at 10 years out. So it does happen. Some other people fully healed at 10 weeks out. It is so different by the person. So is it permanent? Is it possibly there is permanent damage done? Yes, it is possible. I can't deny that. I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't. But I can't say that I've seen any, anything recently, especially, that leads to this being permanent. There is effects to our nervous system. Our central nervous system and peripheral nervous system suffer effects from taking these drugs long term. It changes us. It does. There is neurological damage. Now, I'm using that term not as a medical professional. I'm just using that term more for effect. So I want to make sure that's clear. But In my opinion, there is damage done to our neurological system. But the good thing is through homostasis within the human body, that damage or that effect, maybe a better word, that effect also appears to be reversible. Is it in everybody? We don't know. But for most of us, it appears to be reversible. And fortunately, that reversing process can be painful and can take a while for many of us. Number two, this one may be the most commonly asked one, although I'm putting it at two instead of one because I wanted to save a different one for one. But these top two are pretty much similar. And that is, how do I find a doctor? How do I find a doctor who will work with me? How can I find somebody to help me withdraw? You know, on and on and on. It's hard. I know many of you have been looking for doctors for a long time. Or have tried multiple doctors. Or have gone to your doctor and are so mad, don't even want to go to another doctor again. I get that. I get that. I went to two doctors. The first one was the one who prescribed it after I learned that I was dependent. And he, it did not go well. He insisted that I need to stay on it and didn't believe that what I was talking about was at all relevant. So I went back to another doctor that I used to go to years prior In fact, he was out of town an hour away from my home, but I knew I liked him when I went to him, and so I thought I'd try again. He also didn't believe that I should come off these drugs. But I had done my research. I showed him the Ashton Manual. I showed him what I looked into and said, I would like to withdraw. Will you work with me? And he said, I will. Now, he made me wait six months before I could start to withdraw. I was frustrated by that. But in the end, I am so grateful he did because I was not mentally stable at the time. I was not stable enough to fully withdraw and have success. And he knew that. So he made me wait six months. I did a lot of things to improve my mental stability. And I came back six months later and said, here I am. And he said, okay, let's get started. And he was an excellent partner for the beginning there of my withdrawal. I've been to a couple of doctors since then, and most have been decent experiences. But finding a doctor is hard and I think there's two things here. One is trying to find a benzo-wise or benzo aware doctor or whatever the term is. The best resource out there that I know of of course is Benzodiazepine Information Coalition's list of doctors. And that can be found at benzoinfo.com/doctors. And that is the most comprehensive list I believe we have even though It is still lacking. There's still a lot of holes there because these lists can only be built um, based off of information that you all give to us. And so the more people that submit doctors who have helped people with benzo withdrawal, then the more are populated in that list. So if you know of a good doctor or somebody who worked with you, please. Let them know so we can populate that list. In fact, the benzodiazepine action work group, we're looking to work closer maybe with BIC and help them, provide some support to them to see if we can expand that list and make it even more accurate and more verbose. I mean, more populated with doctors, I guess is the term I'm looking for. And the second part of this is it's more important, in my opinion, to find a doctor who will work with you a doctor who will listen to you, a doctor who you can trust. I believe it's more important to find that than necessarily a doctor who is benzo-wise. It's all great to find a doctor who is benzo-wise, even though they're few and far between, and that might be great, but if that doctor doesn't really listen to you and doesn't really have your trust, it's still not going to go very well. One of the things I learned, and so many of us have learned, is to be a partner in withdrawal, to be a partner with your doctor. It's okay if your doctor says, I want you on this drug, and you've done your research, and you feel strongly you don't want to be on that drug, to go find another doctor. That is your right, and it's your choice if you want to. I would never, I, I do have to say this, I would never on this podcast say, do not listen to your doctor, or don't seek your doctor's advice, or don't follow what your doctor says, but you are allowed to go get second opinions and third opinions. Okay. And then work with your doctor as a partner. You have some information that your doctor may not have. And it's important to work with your doctor as a partner. So in the end, I think the primary thing is to find a doctor who you want to work with, who you trust. And if even if you have to educate that doctor somewhat on benzos, that's okay. If you can find that you're gonna be a lot further along in the process than most of us. And number one, the last one here is, how do I get through this? How do I survive? How do I make it through benzo withdrawal? How do I get back to normal? How do I get through this whole thing? This question comes in so many forms, but in the end, it's the same general question. Now, like I said, I'm not a medical professional of any type. These are just my opinions. But I believe that the best way to get through this experience, as it is with many extremely trying experiences in our life, overwhelming experiences in our life, is through acceptance. Now, what is that and what does that really mean? That's a good question. One of the things that I came up with when I was going through this, and I've shared on this podcast since day one or close to day one, is the concept of Benzo withdrawal is actually your body healing. And for me, this helped a lot. And it's also helped a lot of people. have written back to me and said they really enjoyed that concept, that mental image. And, and, And it goes like this. What if instead of you seeing every symptom as a fight, as a struggle, as an enemy, you reversed that and you saw all the symptoms as being signs of healing. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. Yes, this is incredibly annoying. Yes, this is keeping me from getting out of bed or going to work or whatever. And I'm not saying there aren't severe consequences to many of these symptoms. I'm not at all belittling the severity of the symptoms of benzo withdrawal. Instead, what I'm saying is that there's another way to look at it which might ease their impact a little. And that is to say, oh, that twitching in my leg that came back again for the fourth time today, that's actually my nerve endings healing because the drug's gone now. And that's my nervous system just trying to figure out how to start firing again. Now, this isn't medically based. I know that this is more just visualizations, but I have found these things to be very helpful for myself and for others. Finding acceptance of your condition and seeing this whole process as a process of healing, in my opinion, can go a long way to helping you get through it. I know we often use the terms of fighting cancer and fighting the enemy and fighting big business and fighting big pharma and fighting whatever, you know, um, We use the term fighting a lot. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. And I think that's great. It doesn't with me. um, And it never has. And maybe I'm just this odd bloke who's totally different than the rest of you. But I I had more connection to terms like healing. Like finding ways to find a new balance. Like living in harmony with your body. I found those to be more, um, to speak more to me than fighting against, because if you're fighting against in Benzo withdrawal, what are you fighting against? The drug's gone. You're not fighting against the drug. Are you fighting against its effects it did on your body? Well, if you're fighting against those, then you're fighting against your body. And that's why I kind of changed the perspective for me. And that was instead of this fighting, I think of it more as trying to find balance with what's going on, trying to find a way of acceptance and trying to see this whole process as one of healing. Don't know if that helps you or not, but that's something that helped me and I wanted to share it here with you. Well, I think that's enough for today. We're going to close out this podcast. Remember to listen to... um. Listen, I mean, I'm sorry, look for and listen for new things coming out. We might have a, a, a special episode of something coming out soon. And if not, of course, we'll be back in early February with our next scheduled one. But I'm hoping to have more come out here. Um, if you want to know what's coming and and things like that or any notices, like I sent a notice out recently about the delay for this podcast to our, our newsletter, please subscribe to the newsletter. And that's at easinganxiety.com. <laughs> Backing up. EasingAnxiety.com slash subscribe. Okay. And there, if you go there and subscribe to our newsletter, you will get all the notices of what's going on and when they happen. I only send out things that are related to the podcast and the things we do here. None of this is I never sell any information for advertising. So if that's all a worry for you, please understand that this is all in-house. Um, and I don't sell it out to anybody. Okay, that information just stays here with easing anxiety and we use it for that. I think that's it. Let's go ahead and do our disclaimer now for about 25 seconds. And then we're going to move on to our moment of peace. So this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional nor is he engaged in rendering medical health or psychological advice nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benson Free podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering on any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at slash disclaimer. And that brings us to our closing, our moment of peace. It's just one minute, and it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the
1: real world. Please remember that you should only do this. If you are in a safe place where you can close your
0: eyes, relax, and let the world pass by
1: without you for a minute. Today our focus is on the new year. Find one thing, one thought, one mantra
0: that you want in the new year and focus on that. Perhaps it's on the end of the pandemic or world peace or even more likely the end of your symptoms. Whatever it is, create a positive image of what that would look like in your mind and focus on that.
1: Let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to that positive image of 2022. Continue to do this for one minute. Our next scheduled episode is episode 96, and it will be released in early February. Thank you again for joining me today, and please, let us know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.